Okay. So let's let's open it up. Here we go. Interactive. There we go. Hi everybody. Hey Angela. Hi Phil. How are you? Hi Elizabeth. Elizabeth. How are, oh hi Phil. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to... Oh, there we go. Erie PA. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know we usually just jump right in with prayer, but I wanted to be able to offer that to anyone who's feeling called and not just uh, hog it. <laughs> No takers? Okay. Wow. It's all right. I'll do I'll do it. I'm feeling it. Okay. So we will come together in prayer with our hands and our hearts. Hmm. So grateful to be together. So grateful to join with our loving spiritual counseling training family. So grateful to come together to be supportive, to hold space for one another, and to deepen our awareness of our training and our our skill. So grateful for Jennifer for bringing this community together. I'm so grateful for all the healing we are experiencing. And we honor everybody in the community and beyond, knowing that everybody's healing is ours. So grateful to be in this flow of love in this moment. And we share the healing and the awareness and the clarity that comes from this joining with everyone, knowing we are one. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> I just feel like I'm just smiling because I'm with all of you guys and I love you all of you. <laughs> Feeling is mutual. So we feel the same you and each other. Yeah. Anybody have something they want to start off with? Well, I was just talking to Lori earlier today and saying how I just I can't imagine going through this journey without all of you, you know. Um, the, the sessions that we do are so precious to me. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, to feel so much love and support coming from everybody. It really is. I'm grateful. 
Yeah, I, I second that. In fact, what I have been feeling is more like uh, I looked at my hours and I said, oh, I'm almost halfway through there. And I don't want it to be to uh, to get over within another six months or whatever because, you know, as Linda said, the healing is so much and almost like, <laughs> I don't know whether it's coming from my ego or whatever, but I've been feeling like, wow. So after one year, then I do not have all that stuff. I won't be having then you are on your own. And maybe I want to prolong it rather than, you know, finish it in another six months or so, you know. I was curious if anyone is feeling that way or it's just me. No, not just you. <laughs> no, it's not just I'm I'm feeling um uh, that I I don't I don't want to run a right I d I don't want to be the um I don't want to be the hare, I wanna be the tortoise. Yeah. And and uh we lose I guess it's because I, I don't want to feel a lot of pressure to to um, I mean, you know like be the first one to complete uh, the certification or something like that. And I I think the chances of that are like three, slim and none. Um, so anyway, I, um, I I totally relate to what you're saying, Phil. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's nice to have have yeah. all the support and. Um, but it, it'd be nice to hear from Rainbow too, and and see what it's like on the other side. Yeah, I I haven't talked to her uh, since she left uh, the training. I've been meaning to call her, but that hadn't happened yet. And um, <coughs> it'd be nice to know how how things are going uh, once you get to that side of the of the puzzle. Yeah, does she? Still have access to the training calls and community calls. Do you know Angela? Yeah, she does, and um, she's in the group, and uh, so is Amina. Um, and I think Jesse is. Just maybe he's busy, but yes, she does, and we do beyond the certification, as I understand. Yeah. Um, because Amina asked to to ha- be aware, to get all the alerts, and to be on, you know, to know when we're meeting. And I was thinking, like, in my massage, as that's building for me, I've started, like, a massage exchange with two other women. And th- this, to me, is, like, my emotional and spiritual pampering when I meet with you guys. It's like going to get a manicure or going to get a facial, it just feels so loving and pampering. But I and I could see it continuing in that kind of way, like an exchange, like because I I yeah. just said it to a client tonight how I am I am aware that I I have no clue where I am in my healing process, no clue. It does not feel complete, um, and yet that doesn't stop me from you know, holding space for others. But I said to my client tonight, I I have 
lots of counseling. <laughs> and she said, I really love that. You know, I love that, you know, like you told me that. And I love that to know that you're still getting, to, to know that it's ongoing. And perhaps, like, you know, we'll find ways to keep exchanging that still support us. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is very empowering for ourselves and even for our clients because when they know that even we as counselors we also get that uh, counseling. You know, it's like in coaching they say you know all the coaches for coaches need to have a coach. Yeah, I think it also shows our clients that, you know, we value what we do so much that we seek it out for ourselves as well because um, it's, it's so important to us to um, have that support from, from a, another spiritual being, you know. Yeah, and I what came to me when I shared it today was that I have these sessions and since I believe in their power, you know, I believe in the power of people coming together mindfully and intentionally around prayer and and I think that's what you're saying. It's like I believe in it and I know it works and that even further kind of validates me as a counselor. Mhm. So yeah, so I guess it will be up to us. So that's okay. We don't have to fear. <laughs> that's right. In this together. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I, I think I've got a question. Sorry. Go ahead, Elizabeth. I, I think there's just an ongoingness to it. I, I, I don't expect to ever stop wanting to learn. I mean, you know, and I'm just going to keep going until I'm 150. <laughs> and I think the need for a counselor is always going to be there. I mean, just like you were saying about the coaches always need to have a coach, I think the counselors always need to have a counselor or or one or two or three. Yeah. I mean, we hear I I hear Jennifer talking about how she still speaks to um, people to have counsel as well. So I agree. It's um, it's an ongoing thing, and um, you know we have to keep our eyes on our own mat as far as making sure that um, things feel like they're right or in the process of getting right in our own hearts and minds mm-hmm. and there to be a um, a more effective benefit for others. But I think things will continue to bubble up the further that we go as we spiral upward and, and we help other people that are our clients to spiral upward and there will be new things that will bubble up that wouldn't be comfortable for me if they bubbled up right now, but in a year if they bubble up, then I'll have the capacity to be able uh, to deal with it. Yeah. 
and and that's got to be true for I mean for everybody. <laughs> and we've all got stuff from uh, from this lifetime and others, mm-hmm. and uh, it can't all be all be tackled today. One thing I'd like to bring up uh, that came to me is, so of course I see it in myself and I see it in my clients. And I've had a few clients where I can sense that they're looking to me to fix the problem. That's kind of one aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. Just as sometimes I look to you guys, I even feel like you're my lifeline. And, but two times recently, and one in particular, there was a, I suggested to the client to to take a specific question into meditation, which the question was something like, is, is evil real? Something like yeah. that. And we could say like, oh, no, it's not. The Course says it isn't. But she was really conflicted with that that she couldn't accept that she couldn't see evil in the world. She was seeing it. So I was wondering if you guys get that feeling, because I'm getting the feeling for myself that it's time for me to go within as well, as much as I'm going out to get help and tell the story and talk about it. I feel like we also start to deepen the, the going within, because then we almost do get counsel. It's like a counsel within. And I think it's all helpful, but I was just wondering if you guys are having those moments where or you do advise your clients to go within and meditate on things. Mhm. Yeah, I do. And uh and I've also found um within the last month or so feeling the need to go within more for myself as well. Um, so yes, I definitely um, have told clients that um, you know to look within their own heart, and that's where they they would find the answers that um, you know, like uh, one person I was talking to that was feeling like she was being pulled and pulled in several different directions and. You know, I said, well, what are you being drawn to the most? And she said, I don't really know. And I said, well, then you you need to sit with that in in meditation. Ask the question before you start. And then just sit quietly for as long as you can and see what answer comes to you because all of the all of the answers to your questions are already within you and all of your healing is already within you. Um, So yeah, I've definitely, at at least on that occasion, and I know there are others, have um, mentioned to clients to go within. Because I mean, I feel like we all have the capacity to heal ourselves, but it is nice to, um, you know, to be able to talk to somebody about it when you're feeling like you're having a challenge. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe to help you just to see it in a different light. Yeah. I, I think that's great that, uh, that you suggested that and that you also do that, Linda. I mean, because when Jennifer was coming along, there wasn't anybody uh, who who was like uh, all of you all are to me that I can call and I can ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jennifer, anybody, so she had to go within. But that's why she hears the answers to the questions now. She gets quiet. She says, "Just a minute." She gets quiet and she listens, and boom, there it is. I I, I want that. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. And I I think it starts with doing exactly what you're talking about, Linda. You have to sit with the question. You have to sit with it. Mm-hmm. And and go into meditation or just quiet contemplation, whatever. And just sit quietly and not start folding the clothes. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or doing the dishes or, uh, you know, busy work. All that can yeah. wait. Yeah, I I'm, I also, when uh, the question comes like that, it's not exactly about evil, but, you know, seeing the other person as too self-centered or, you know, who had done all this wrong. And so when my client brought that up and said, you know, I'm, I mean, she's the one who should forgive me. And I was more like, you know, Okay, can we just take a pause and maybe connect with our higher Holy Spirit self and just see what message we are getting when we have this thought. Mm-hmm. And just just even that short reflection, short pause, helped my client to actually say, yeah, I guess I am pointing finger to her and where the other four fingers are pointing to me. She said. Mm-hmm. I like that because I have experience to like create like a new client and so she's not she's not a masterful living person. And uh that mm-hmm. took a good hour and a half to establish where we're going, coming from, both of us, so we could figure out where our common ground is and things like that. But mm-hmm. there's almost this, like, frantic desire. And I can, of course, it's the same thing I have, you know, like, oh, make it stop, you know, like, oh, my coworkers, you know, and I'm like, my husband's killing me. Um, and it's like, make it stop. And then trying to get a shift without it coming too early. But I think that pause, I mean, that's the thing. There are these practices that are just so powerful. And it has to be because the truth is the answers are within. Mm -hmm. And then the truth, yeah, and and the truth is we do connect with the other. We are connected with the other. So when we're 
when we're asked to pause and and how did you say it, Phil? Like, what are you getting I did, when you... Yeah, I, yeah, I said, uh, let's uh, connect with our higher holy self and check with our higher holy self. Is this what... Is this the person who is wrong or what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Because I tell something I it, and it... Uh-huh. Go ahead. I I just think that I tried to point out something was a reflection, and I asked it as a question, but without the pause, she was still in her personality defending herself. Mm. So I like that because I think that's where we want to go. We want to stop defending the story. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's yeah. not a good use of the time of the call, of the counseling. <laughs> not a good use of your money to defend your story. It's like, ooh, you're kind of wasting money here. <laughs> yeah, I think the pause also helps, you know, like uh, in a couple different ways. Because I feel sometimes we are so much into our head and in our story that we don't even recognize. So when even, you know, when you ask the client, let's take a pause and disconnect and see what's coming up for you. And sometimes if they do continue with the story, I always ask the question, so how does that make you feel? And then they'll say, oh, yeah, that that really... Um, makes me get so really frustrated or irritated. And then I say, where in your body do you feel it? Mm-hmm. And that becomes a real pause because they, they have to really look for it, where they're feeling it. Yeah. And the pause also is like for me, you know, I feel it is um, like Jennifer says, you know, you can continue on the pain train or you can choose to get off. Yeah, I think it's helpful, too, to, um, at least it has been for me, um, in talking to my clients and, um, you know, when when they say that they're having a challenge in doing something or in changing their mind about something or in seeing it differently, you know, the, the judgments are still coming up. And I'll be the first one to admit that, you know what, they pop up in my head all the time. (laughs) But I have a choice to act on them and energize them and, um, you know, and I can be grateful for them when they pop up because I've noticed them, which is, you know, five years ago. There were so many judgments that that I didn't even realize I was having judgments. 
it was just like a normal occurrence. <laughs> you know, and now they come up right. and I see them and I notice them and I can be grateful for them coming up because then I can, um, you know, be grateful for how far I've come and um, that I can make the choice to energize it or not, you know. It's just, it's so helpful to, I think it has been for me to let them know that, um, you know, just because I'm a, a spiritual counselor doesn't mean I have all of my ducks in a row. It means that I have tools in order to put the ducks in a row, but, you know, sometimes they get out of line. (laughs) But I think it is about awareness. Having uh, some of the same experience, Linda, I'll I'll be having a judgment thought, and I'll think, judgment thought, judgment thought. And so I catch myself in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Or... I'm having an attack thought, and I'll say, and I label it, attack thought, attack thought, attack thought. And, and I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll ask the higher Holy Spirit self, the Holy Spirit, uh, to help me to release all attack thought. And, and other times I, I replace the attack thought with, uh, with something positive that that's, uh, and, and I'll, or I'll say um, uh, the lesson from A Course of Miracles. Uh, all attacks, all attack thoughts are attack on my are an attack on my invulnerability, and so I'll go over and over and over that almost like a mantra, and I'll say that and say that and say that in order to help me to release the attack thought. And, mm. and so I think awareness that you're having, and I think the awareness that I'm having, is a step out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm. I'm not oblivious anymore. Oh, that's an attack thought, or oh, that's a judgment. Um, I'm labeling them. I've been feeling a little disoriented from, (laughs) you know, I told you guys that I wrote it in a Facebook. I shared it with Phil, too. It's like a couple of my sessions. I even shared it with Elizabeth. It kind of stirred up. Like, holy crap, I wasn't ready for it. But you know what? You know, it's everything, the thing that I'm so grateful that I believe, and these are some of the things sometimes I just mention to the clients because, again, if we really want the the fear to stop or to subside or at least we want to know what to do with it, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm recognizing that, I really do have the belief that love is the tidal wave underneath pushing me through, you know, and pushing and like helping all this happen, like orchestrating and facilitating everything. And almost like luckily that I have had some deep healing and challenges that I can still stay say that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of my clients are still building that belief system. They're still building what their perspective is and why things happen and what's it for. And I'm like, well, 
you know, I just feel grateful that I have, that I'm building the beliefs. But this is kind of what I was asking Jennifer. It's kind of like, I have this feeling like a little bit of urgency to, to, to solve the challenges and, Yet, you know, I heard today on this call, Lisa Natoli, whatever, radio show, the guy who she always has on, Max Just, he's Australian, he was just like, if you're having a challenge, you actually want it. And I'm like, darn. (laughs) You know, because like you guys are saying, actually, if you go and energize attack, you want to attack. Mm-hmm. If you chose to energize it, you actually want it. And I don't even know if that's true, but in a way, it's the same kind of thing Phil's saying. It makes me pause and be like, seriously, is this what I want? Well, if it's happening, then that's exactly what it is I'm choosing. And that's kind of a stunner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Except, you know, we choose by design or by default. And a lot of our choosing has been by default uh, because we weren't at the consciousness level or the awareness level to to um, uh, choose with awareness. So so we we chose by default. It's almost like the default position on the on the computer or something. And and I don't want to I don't want to create by default anymore. I want it all to be conscious creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not something that I thought five years ago or three years ago or however long ago that's now manifesting in front of me and I'm not wanting that. It kind of reminded me, Angela, when you were speaking about, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Michael with John Travolta. Yeah, me too. The Angel. Where, yeah. you know, he gets, he gets to come down to earth again in human form. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he was so giddy about was, was battle. Like he was, he was trying to fight that bull. <laughs> and he was so excited about, ooh, battle. <laughs> because it was an experience he wanted to have. So, yeah. Right. It kind of makes me think about that when when I'm having things that are challenging that I chose this. <laughs> I yeah, thought this I, was going to be fun. <laughs> that is such a very important point that you just made. <laughs> oh my goodness, girl! Yeah, I feel like these are the stunner kind of. Because what I noticed is that sort of my client was really in her head and I didn't want to come at her with any kind of, I just knew, what you know, I'm not ever trying to feed the Course in Miracles to people. Right. But at the end, you know, basically she's in a job she doesn't like. Her coworkers are not treating her kindly. And mm-hmm. she says she has no time to create a job that she would like. So it's like, Wow. And then, you know, I didn't say, well, you must want it just like that, you know. But somebody could tell me, 
But somebody could tell me that because I'm ready. And in fact, I have a sense that clients are ready. Like deep down, it's almost like someone who's like a fashion designer would be like, no, give it to me straight up. (laughs) Like that's going to help me. But you always dead in spirit helps sense it out. You know, it helps you sense what's helpful. Because I've found other clients where they're really lacking in the self-love department. And when you mm-hmm. tell them to be compassionate, that seems to really be the stunner. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, be the change. Be the change you want to see in your world. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when you're going through challenge, sometimes it is very difficult for your client to even think think kindly about themselves. We just go with the challenge and that the compassion is really is the way to heal it. And, you know, how can you be kind to yourself even through that? I I think it is a, a big lesson for me, you know, instead instead of really wanting things to go the way I want it, and when it is not going, to be really compassionate towards myself and to rec- acknowledge myself and say, you know, this is the moment of suffering and I want to be there for you right now. Yeah, and one thing that I've got that from working with you guys a lot, my self-love has built up and... I have the awareness that the most loving thing I could do is be the joy and light of God, okay? And so I swear the day that I woke up after kind of a doozy of an emotional day, like my husband is just smiling. He's just like, here we are, new day. And I'm like, ah, you're killing me. Like you just, he's just like smiling and I noticed, and I think I saw this somewhere, it might have been Jennifer's blog, but I noticed this post about, or maybe, no, Linda, it was your willingness card that was like, I'm willing to release, what is it, like my attachment to being sad? Yeah. That's what I experienced. I have an attachment to being sad in response, Phil, like you said, when sort of like it feels to me like, my ego has a dream for my life, and if that's not going to come mm-hmm. true, then your guys are going to have to give mm-hmm. me, like, several months because I'm actually dying over here. My personality's dying. I need a lot of space and time, <laughs> and I'm going to be frowning all over the place. That was that's kind of how I felt. Like, oh god, I have to give this up too. And then I feel like <laughs> the kid who's like giving up another toy that he wants. And it's like, wow. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really causes inflammation of our personality. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've recently experienced that myself where something happened in the world and I just, my personality just wanted to throw a temper tantrum and, and lash yeah. out and just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like like I was at some kind of a crazy uh, rave rock concert or something. I just really wanted to just lash out. <laughs> of course, I did it with dance, which is a much safer, not nicer way to deal with it, but... Um, yeah, I could totally see it, you know, that um, what I saw in the world and the reaction of my ego and my the my ego personality just got completely inflamed and just wanted to have at it. <laughs> yeah. And it really but still, I did love it. myself through it. Just want yeah. you to know. It's just that I also recognize that by choosing to be attached to sadness, I am not actually being self-loving. In some ways, going into it, okay, letting myself kind of just let the wave take me on this ride. Mm -hmm. But it almost was like, okay, I was on the pain train, I was just going to ride it out. It ran out of gas, <laughs> and uh, I think it's trying to recognize like how giving away my peace is not loving. Yes. But there are moments when I don't feel strong enough. Right. So, how long then do you allow yourself to stay in that space? I guess is the question, right? Yeah, it was just until it was done because I had already, like I said, I was already on the train. I didn't jump out midway. I didn't pause, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But I was present. I was literally, like, writing Mm -hmm. forgiveness letters in the doctors when my husband, Mm -hmm. like, I could have been just, like, looking up at the ceiling. But I was writing a forgiveness letter. I was processing, like, as much as I could. So... It's all good. It's just I think there's still part of me that wants to avoid the suffering. And blame you for that. Yeah, really. Yeah, I totally get that, Angela, because I found myself this, I think this weekend, it started with the call from the insurance company, you know. And it sort of really bothered me. And every time it bothered me, I could feel, you know, my peace is going away. And I said, I am going to really put place this on the holy altar. And I said, Holy Spirit, you take it. I don't want it. I'm not interested in it. Whatever happens, I am willing to accept. 
and I am not going to. But, you know, it was like it kept on coming back. And um, as long as I was in the moment, I was I was able to place it back on the holy altar rather than to take it and run with it and get onto the pain train and go to the next station. And maybe I did go a little bit, but, you know, it was not bad. And I continued praying about it. And I said, I want you to help me to sh- or to show me how you want me to respond to this. Mm-hmm. In a way, the response should feel in alignment with my own values. And uh, I remember going to bed and I said to my husband, I said, this thing is a little bit bothering me. And he said, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, 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 we'll take care of it. And that night it kept on coming back and I kept on giving it back to the spirit. And by yesterday... I already had the whole solution, how I want to respond to it. And and it felt very comfortable because I was not responding to it the way that the lawyers or the the companies, the way they wanted it. I came with my own creative way of dealing with it. And I said, you know, if they, whatever the outcome is, I am not interested in that, even though I would want a, a outcome that, you know, works for both of us. But I said, this is the stand I take and this is how I'm going to address it. And it was, I tell you, it was given to me by the Spirit because it felt very comfortable and authentic to me. Mm-hmm. But you know the tendon tendency to get onto that pain train and go shows up, and if I'm not aware and not present to it, I am on the train. But but it, I'm not there for long like before. You know, I could have gone and complained and blamed the other side. But here, I, I was aware of what was going on. Beautiful, Phil. Phil, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, and that's what I was thinking, you know. Um, one of the questions that I was early on feeling to ask was, uh, how do you feel in your counseling when you look at look back when you started and when you look at it now? I feel, for myself, it feels like... <clears throat> Like I have a much easier time um, connecting with spirit without doubting 
myself. Mm. And, uh, you know, because even when stuff comes up and it doesn't quite make sense to me, it usually will make sense to the person that I'm talking to. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've gained so much trust in the process that even when, like, tonight, because the girl I worked with, I know her from yoga. So I see her in that in that setting, and I don't know why I had a little bit of, like, and she's kind of feisty, <laughs> kind of fights me, this feisty one, and um, it almost is like she's feisty and she's done so much that she's just, like, demanding a solution that works, and it's like, whoo, and so since I see her in other spheres, I almost had a little bit of it was really, really small, but I have such huge trust in this process, and that's what I'm growing and growing. And the way I talk about it, it's not that it's me, and, you know, it's just like at the end of the session tonight, I, I literally had my fist in the air, like, yes, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and she, it was so beautiful, she said, you know, And it's so cool that she had her own awareness and she said this. She was like, you know, I really would like to replace my vocabulary because hearing me pray, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's another thing. We just get to practice more praying all over the place. And she's like, hearing you pray, the words just come out. And I would like to be able to talk like that. And I thought, how lovely for her to say that. But again, that's part of my growth is the ease of prayer and how I just trust the process. And I feel the shifts at the end. They're really powerful. Usually. I feel that. Strengthening our spiritual muscle. Yeah. And that's the part that we paused when my husband and I were having difficulty. Literally, I I had forgotten that that's like the best thing I do. And I'm so grateful he'll pray with me at any time. Mm. And we prayed. And then what I was praying was so much deeper than how I was behaving in the sense of who was doing what. My personality was having a meltdown and my higher self was really seeking the function, the purpose, the healing, and this uh, the opportunity to heal. And that came through in my prayer. And it's like, oh, well, this is clear. Who's doing what here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the prayer part is a really powerful and big deal for me. Because I remember before, I never even wanted to pray. If anyone asked me to pray, I would say, not me. I can do that. But now it's, 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 it's become 
so much more real and meaningful and effortless. Yep, I love to pray. I wanted to take a moment to mention something to you guys because actually all the spiritual counseling training folks are going to be invited um, to participate in um, a program Jennifer's developing that I know she sort of mentioned at different points. But if you guys don't mind, I just want to mention it briefly because you're each going to be contacted. Um because she's starting, like, these community circles. Have you heard about this? I haven't. No. Okay. Just briefly, it's going to be like she's going to start with Masterful Living 1. No, actually, sorry. She's starting with the higher levels of Masterful Living, whoever signs up next year, that people can opt to be a part of a community circle that she's calling, like, a sacred circle. And we're kind of working out the name because she already has Sacred Circle, but they're called, you know, Community Sacred Circles. And they're going to be on some kind of technology like Zoom or something with a video conferencing feature. Mm. And they're going to be with, um, it's going to start out with Masterful Living People. In the higher levels, they're going to be mixed groups. And then in Masterful Living One, her the idea is to create groups prayer partners so actually you'd be in a group that you'll be prayer partners with the whole year and so it's just to say that there are these going to be these opportunities for people to serve in this program because for each circle we need a facilitator and there Mm -hmm. are other roles as well that will need to be filled in order to have this massive amount of groups online happening at different times of the week, all different times. Groups can decide the time they prefer. And I'm just putting a bug in your ear because everybody in the group um, is going to be offered an opportunity to have a role. So I'm going to, I just wanted to mention it tonight as a preview. So it would be like it would it be like a community call then but to with the video. Yes. Exactly. Community call format. And it might just be because you're on a video instead that actually mm-hmm, each person mm-hmm. might have a few minutes to do a check in, a quick go around. You know, a quick mm-hmm. minute or two like update and then go ahead and, and mm-hmm. start a conversation. Because it's different than, mm. so in Masterful Living, the the idea will be that um, you'll have a community call one week and a community mm. circle call second week. Mm. So and how many be, people, uh, how many people can you accommodate on that? I think there's it probably, eight maximum. 
Eight, okay. okay. Yeah. So then the idea is to have smaller groups so that people feel really kind of more called to share. Mm. So we might start smaller than eight, but I know that eight is the maximum. You cannot be bigger than eight because by then you're mm-hmm. about to grow into two circles. So right. we want them to be small. And then the idea going forward is actually that alumni people from Masterful Living who are no longer in the program, you know, like you, Phil, you could get in on a circle. So we're going to mix alumni. That's a later mm-hmm. phase of the program. But to allow alumni mm-hmm. to come back into the community and have their own group that meets every other week. And mm-hmm. um, so there are a lot of the details that were still being fleshed out, but yet they, they've been fleshed out to a degree. And um, so you might just, send me an email or something to let me know if you're interested. If you are, I'll call you with fuller details of the roles. Mm. Okay. So you okay. can think about it, but this is coming. We want to start this in January of next year. Mm. Okay. Okay. So think about it. I think both, I think for most of the roles that we're, they're saying they're like about five to six hours a month of a commitment. Something like that. Okay. And there will be training in all areas so that if there's technology and if there's other training, um, that there's going to be training happening next month, mm-hmm. actually. So. Yeah, and I think she mentioned something, too, about the groups being of people that are kind of in the same time zone. Exactly. So it makes it so easier then, yeah. for everybody to have a, a community call. Right. Time zone. And then as you get a group going, who knows that the group decides to meet every, you know, whoever wants to meet in person could. Yeah. And that's Elizabeth kind of like what we were trying to get started with the map thing is to see who's where. And then this is kind of all bringing it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those who are not in groups now are being kind of have a place to come back to. Well, and I'm finally getting that going a little bit. It's just a one-on-one with the lady who who originally was my first prayer partner, uh, but she didn't want to do it. And and so, but she lives just all that far from me. And and so now she's my client. And and uh, I, I guess she, she just prefers for us to work in person, and I'm okay with that. And and so uh, we've now met for uh, for two times. I met her today for the second time, and uh, and we just sat in the car, and it was fine. But I, I can see how uh, how it could get so much stronger when uh, when uh, like four people or five people or eight people have her however it works out, uh, can all get together and talk in person. It it, it really will strengthen the bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The connection. Yeah, just like all of us. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's because we were all at, at the spiritual counseling training that, I, I mean, we're like sisters now. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so thank you for letting me bring that up. Sorry, Elizabeth, go ahead. No, I I I think I think this is very um 
important uh, that Jennifer has has thought of this. Uh, you know. Um, yeah. It it definitely is going to tighten the web. You know what I mean? Because it's it's like a whole yeah. web on Earth of all these different people, and we're all connected by like a spider web. But but some of the connections are are not as strong as they could be. Right, and people who don't really see when you're in a group with all your prayer partners, your bond is already started right away, and then it deepens as it goes through the year because you'll be rotating. Yeah. So well, that's for Master One. On the conference calls, the uh, the community calls for Master Living One, I don't talk on those. I just listen. Yeah. And it, it, it's so much nicer, this one, uh, because I'm uh, I'm talking and I'm listening. Yeah. But I'm I'm reluctant to to step up on that on the community call one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it's smaller, I, maybe, and it's more intimate, it might have a different feel. I I think that would help a lot of people, Angela, for it to be smaller. Yeah. I mean, get on yeah. that community call. Sometimes there are not many people on there. The potential is that is that there are going to be a hundred people on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's daunting. Well. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm going to jump off right now, you guys, because my son is trying to FaceTime me, and I haven't been able to do that in a long time. I love you both so much. Okay. I'll, I'll, Love you so much. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Thanks to all of you. Love you so much. Love you too. Yeah, thanks, guys. I didn't want to cut in, but at the same time, I think because we're in the group as well, is that we're kind of being offered these positions of leadership. And, um, yeah. So I just I'm grateful to be able to kind of say it all at once, at least to three of you, <laughs> and those recorded, and those listening later. <laughs> so Angela is the uh, so she's expecting or she's wanting it one of us to take the lead, or is it going to be like at least two people together and then you know? Yeah, it's going to be it's like mentoring together. type of yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple different roles, and what she's doing is, the, you know, we had this phase where it was like we're going to poke people on the shoulder and say, hey, are you interested? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, it's optional. Um, but but for this to really be work, to work, everybody has to be supported. So there are sort of – there's not a chain in that it's a leadership in that it's a power chain, but there are different mm-hmm. roles. And because everybody involved, uh, we're using a model that's worked for for kind of developing churches, and that mm-hmm. model always involves care, caring for each person involved. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is mm-hmm. how we care for each other, and then Jennifer gets on a call once a month with us and, and sees how we're doing. And it's kind of like that, where mm-hmm. if we're facilitating or we're going to serve a different role, someone's always going to be kind of reaching out and making sure everything's okay. Right, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited about it because I'm excited about um, 
being able to uh, talk to other people that have been in masterful living before, but, you know, didn't move on and like what their experience has been since they left masterful living and um, what they learned from their time when they were in masterful living. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Good. Would anybody like to say our closing prayer? I will. Does everybody feel complete? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Linda. Hang into my heart, taking that deep breath of love and gratitude. I'm grateful for this time to spend with my sweet soul sisters. So grateful to share love with each of them, to receive love from each of them. So grateful to share our experiences and our vulnerability and our challenges and our victories. Grateful for Jennifer and her staff and all of our Masterful Living community. Grateful to the angelic realm and the evidence of their existence in our lives. Grateful to share the benefits of our relationship with each other, of our healing and expansion to our learning. Our very lives with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Happy Thanksgiving, Angela and Linda. Thank <laughs> you. I love, love you both. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye.